0: did not happen because of external issues did not happen because of heresy did not happen because of uh, a persecution it happened because of internal issues it was a matter of the heart it was a matter of their spiritual life it was a matter of them not caring enough for anybody else the only thing they care about were two things remember wealth and health Verse 17 says, because you say I'm rich. Now remember, who's talking now? Jesus. Okay, two are awake. Look, because you say I am rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know. If we don't deserve it, actually, we don't deserve it. He is ready to give it to us. Because he's gone through all that. Through suffering to Calvary. It's been refined by the fire of Calvary. But it also goes both ways because when I accept the gift of Jesus, the goal, that, the goal that comes from Jesus, I know that I'm going to be tested like this young ruler. That there are things that I need to consider that when I commit to a relationship with Jesus, there are things that I like, that I enjoy, that are a priority in my life that I need to give up. And the moment that I don't, then I'm really saying, Jesus, I want to have the goal, but I really don't want to love you back. And, and that is the situation of Laodicea. And then he says, that you may be rich and white garments. Remember, they thought that the robes were all that. But instead of the robes being sold in, in, in Nordstrom, they were sold in Ross. What you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Not white garments. White garments. They thought that their wool was so soft and white and and, and bright and and beautiful. But in reality, in reality, our problem is always being nakedness. that, That is the reality. Now. The white garments have to do with grace. That's what it means. In Matthew 22, verse 11, says, But when the king came to see the guest, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. You remember the story. There's this man who had a wedding and made robes for all the guests. And everybody who was in the celebration needed to have one of these robes. Now, I I don't know about you, but uh, when when we have been invited to weddings, or we had weddings in the family, uh, I'm not going to say her name, but my wife, um, (laughs) needs needs to go and get a new dress. And I'm looking at the closet, honey, you have tons of dresses. Oh, no, no, no. But see, it's a wedding, and... You know, I don't want to go in a dress that they don't really see me wearing. Husbands, can you testify? And uh, so imagine this wedding is like a dream wedding because the person who is inviting to the celebration is also providing the dress. I would say amen. Amen. Right? But this man who comes to the celebration and is sitting there, is eating and and celebrating and, and having fun, but when the host is walking around and greeting people and and shaking hands and 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 high fives and 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 hugs he noticed that this man is sitting there at the celebration but he is not wearing the dress he is not wearing the clothes that were made for him he's wearing his own clothes you see family in 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 the Book of Genesis, we find that there were two brothers. Remember the brothers? Cain and Abel. A- a- and both of them were going to offer sacrifice. That, was a new, that wasn't a new thing for them. They had been doing that since they were born because Adam had taught them how to offer sacrifices. But this time now they're, they're adults. They're, he- they're heads of their household. They represent their own families. And they have to present sacrifice. Now, they had a choice. To offer sacrifices the way God intended it to be or, or to do it the way they wanted it to be. And the Bible tells us that, that one of them, Abel, w- w- was a, a shepherd and he brought a lamb. A- and Cain was a, a, uh, a, a farmer and he brought the best of the land. We could say that it was pretty fair. Fair. They both brought from what was their work. The fruits of their efforts. But the Bible tells us that God looked upon Abel's sacrifice and he loved it. But he looked upon Cain's sacrifice and he rejected him. If that's all we knew from the Bible, we would say, well, that God is horrible. But see... The point was not to offer from our efforts. The point was to look at the meaning of the sacrifice. And the meaning of the sacrifice was that somebody who did not have to die, died for those who didn't deserve it. Let's say that God would have said, well, okay, you know, you work hard at it. You, 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 you harvested, you, you know, you, you, you spread the land with miracle growth and you water and, and all these things. But you know what? This time, I'm going to let us lie. This time, I'm going to take your sacrifice. I'm going to accept it this time. If that would have happened, salvation could also be obtained by works not but the grace of Jesus. We get to wear that dress at the wedding celebration not because we earn it. If I take my own dress, I'm saying, my works are enough. But what Jesus is telling us with this story is that the only way that we can make it to the celebration is by waiting, waiting, wearing. Wait for me. Wearing the dress that he has prepared for us. And he's telling the church of Laodicea, it's not your diet. It's not your doctrine. It's not your appearance. Are you waking up this morning? It's what I have done for you that is going to make you to be there. Now. In Genesis 7. Last week, we, we, we visited the temptation, the moment when Adam and Eve, well, actually, Eve had the conversation with the serpent. Remember that? He's just saying, yeah, but you don't remember. Uh, but today, we see the, the, the follow-up of that story. And in that story, we, we, we have Adam who ate from the fruit that Eve gave him. That's what the Bible says, right? I'm not shifting blame to Eve. No, that's what the Bible says. So they both eat... And now the Bible says in in verse 7, chapter 3, that the eyes of both of them were open. And they knew that they were. Remember what I told you before? That our problem has always been that we are naked. Now this opening of the eyes does not mean that they were blind before. No. You see... My, my, my grandma, my mom's mom told me once, she said in Spanish, El que nada debe, nada teme. He who owes nothing, fears nothing. Adam and Eve, before they sinned, they had nothing to worry about. They had a continual and personal relationship with God. God. In fact, we know from the spirit of prophecy that Adam and Eve had in the cool of the day meetings with God. But after they sin, their eyes are open now because now there's something in their heart. And and, and their heart is now brewing fear. Because they know that the relationship that they had at once with God now is broken and now they have to hide Now they're not covered by the grace of God. Are you following me? They're not covered by the grace of God. Now they are naked. And there is nothing they can do to cover themselves up. In fact, they tried. The Bible tells us they went to gather fig leaves. And they put around their body. Now, I, 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 when the house where I grew up, we had a fig tree. And, and, and um, in the summer, I had to go and, and, and pick the figs when they were dark, when they were sweet and, and plump. I had to go and get them in a basket. But I hated it. And the reason why I hated it is because when you, when you pluck a fig or, or you, you know, t- are touched by a, by a fig leaf, they're, they're itchy. Why would they're are you with me? That teaches us a lesson, family. And some just woke up, they're like, what, are they, what, what? Every time, every time that I try to cover up by myself what only God can cover, I will always be uncomfortable. So Adam and Eve now, they are naked. They try to cover themselves, but they are uncomfortable. And they're uncomfortable now so much that they go and hide. God asks the question, Adam, where are you? And their response is, well, we were afraid and we hid. Every time that we try to cover for our own mistakes by ourselves, we will always live in fear. But when Jesus is covering us, we have nothing to fear. Because we will always be covered by his mantle, by his robe of grace. This white robe that is placed not upon perfect people, but on justified people. On sinners who have acknowledged that Jesus is the only source of forgiveness and love and salvation. So, Jesus... And there's something that I want you to learn. And and this is the, the last, the only thing that I want you to remember through all this eight sermon series. Jesus loves you. Verse 19. As many as I love. Can you read it with me? As many as I love. Who's saying this? Jesus, I rebuke and chasten. Other version of the Bible, a little more contemporary, says the ones that I love, I correct and punish. I don't like the punish, I like the correction. But I'll tell you what. All of us who have been parents, if you done your job at least once, you disciplined your children when they were wrong. In fact, the Bible says the the, the father who loves his child uses a rod. I have three rods at home. Just kidding, just kidding. kidding. But this is what God says. Because I love you and you're making a mistake. You're going the wrong path. I need to correct you. Therefore, he says, be zealous and repent. And repent. See, to repent does not mean that I need to change my behavior only. It means that I hated it so much where I was that I don't want to be there again. Verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If everyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and die with him and he with me. Now, this is the moment when you need to be awake. Where is Jesus standing at? Inside or outside? Jesus is outside. Jesus is not in Laodicea. Jesus is not in Laodicea. He hates their behavior. He hates their attitude so much that they make him vomit. Yet, he's saying, I am here. Waiting for you. And he's calling on each one of our names. And as he's calling to each one of our names, he's waiting for us to answer the call. Now, this dinner thing, it's quite interesting because through the Bible, we see the importance of having meals. The first temptation was a meal, was food. When Abraham was in his tent and he was visited by Jesus and a couple of angels to tell him that he was going to be a father, it says that they had a meal, and through the scripture we see that every time something important is going to happen, somebody's going to be used in a mighty way, there is a meal. What Jesus is saying is that when we get to heaven, we're going to have a meal. Because every time that somebody has allowed Jesus to, or God to have a meal with them, Their life is not the same anymore. Jesus is saying, once you listen to my voice, once you answer the call, we have a date, a dinner date. You remember your first date? Oh, was it that long ago? Sorry. Um, You know, it's very interesting because, see, when a young woman is asked for a date, first, that young woman is waiting to be asked for a date. But then, once that invitation comes, that young woman tells their friends. Right? I don't have girls at home, and I'm not a girl, so I'm just going by the movies here. But, uh... But that, that, that girl gets the invitation and then tells her friends, hey, guess what? You know, he asked me, and oh, what are you going to wear? And you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Now, <laughs> now, so what happens is at that moment, that time, that day is expected with anticipation. It's not just expected, but there's Preparation that day they actually take a shower and brush their teeth because they wanna look appealing. They wanna look nice and clean and and, uh, polite and nice. Because there is an expectation of that moment when they go on that date, not only will they be ready physically, but also emotionally. Because see, let me tell you something, young people. Every time, every time a young woman and a young man or a man and a woman go out on a date, listen well, it is a potential marriage. Because you never know if that is the one. So every time a man and a woman go on a date, it is a potential marriage So just don't go out with anyone that you don't plan on marrying. So Jesus is saying, guys, if you listen to my call, it's time to get ready. It's time to get ready. And you have to expect it. Because see, Jesus is standing at the door. And we learned last week that Jesus has the key to open and close doors. But there's one door that Jesus has no power to open or close. And that is the door of your heart. Verse 21, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. What? I don't know if you see it here, but what Jesus is saying is that, okay, Jesus is not only the Savior, he is the king of the universe. Do you agree? He's saying, my throne is so big that you are going to have dinner with me sitting on my throne. Jesus said that we are going to be greater than angels. And he says, he promised that we're going to reign with him. That's what the Bible says. Think about this for a second. About two years ago, we had a a series of... uh, Electoral campaigns. People seeking to be seated at the highest chair in our nation. And probably the world. Lots of money invested. Lots of time. Social scrutiny, political scrutiny... And they're willing to pay that price just to sit at that table at least for four years. Jesus is saying, I have a place that is higher than that. And what I'm saying is that you can be there. Not for four years, not for eight. But for eternity. And nobody's going to ask you questions. The only question that I ask is, do you want to be there? There's a fable where all the tools got together and they said, You know, we have to shape this piece of iron. So the saw said, I go first. And the saw began to move upon the iron, but all the saw found was that his seed had fallen. The hammer said, okay, I'll go next. And the hammer went and on the first blow, lost his handle. And two after two, tried to shape the piece of iron, but all of them discovered that they could not. Until the fire began to embrace the piece of iron with its flames. And in a few minutes, this piece of iron was able to be shaped, able to be molded, able to become something more than just a piece of iron. Jesus is saying, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be simple. In fact, some things in your life need to change. But as long and as I am covering you. As long as my arms of love are around you, you will no longer be just a piece of iron. You will be something beautiful, something great, something that will last, something that will be of value, and something that will be so beautiful that I'll be able to display it for the universe throughout eternity." if we don't find our value in Jesus, we are just poor, sick, and naked. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that today we can call you our Lord and Savior. Father, we call upon you because we've tried in so many ways and in fact we thought that because of our works we got it all together but we've discovered that we are so far from the goal that there's nothing we can do about it and we just get resentful and judgmental and we try to blame others because for their sin when our sin is even worse so today father we pray that we learn to be loved by you And may your grace cover us in a way that nothing else will be needed. And we may never think that there's something better out there but a relationship with you. And Father, we pray that those ancient words of hope be what remains in our minds. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And you know, family those same words, those ancient words of love have always been left for us in the scripture. And as we think of this, let us hear this song. Those station words are still effective today. Jesus still is trying to prepare us for the walk in this world. And as we pray, if you've been in the lukewarm area, if your relationship with Jesus hasn't been completely on one side, as we pray, come back to him. And tell him, Jesus, I want to be hot. I hope that nobody says I want to be cold, but this is a moment where Jesus says, you know, just as I died for you, I want you to live for me. And if you make that choice today, as we pray, just open to heart your heart to him and let him, let him in. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, Lord. Because the same passion that you showed to cover the nakedness of Adam and Eve in the garden, used to show us the same passion today. And Father, perhaps we have not been real with you. Perhaps we haven't even been real with each other, with us, with, the, with ourselves. Because we think that as long as we appear, people will believe us. But Father, we, you see everything. You are the origin of truth, but also you are the origin of renovation and transformation and recreation. So, Father, that is why that claiming on your call and, 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 and justifying with your love that we come to you today so that all of us who have decided to open the door of our hearts, we can let you in. And, Father, as we do so, please give us the strength that we need to change the things that we can and you take care of the things that we can't. And as we go out of this place, may we leave with the assurance that we have a God that cares so much for us, that he loves us so much, that is willing to give everything so that we can have everything. We claim this promise not because we are worthy, but in the name of Jesus, the only one who is. Amen.